Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably been hearing a lot about the stock market lately. Millions of people are beginning to invest for the first time ever. And we're realizing that the financial system should be built to work for us. That's why Robinhood is creating real human education resources, truly digestible financial news, and a platform that lets you invest in your own way, on your own terms. The next generation of investors is already here, and it includes you. Robinhood. Investing is risky. Robinhood Financial, LLC. This week's episode of Mind Over Mind is brought to you by the Good Brothers from Republican Company. Game must have changed it for the better, beloved. Life is too short. Don't waste it by sitting at the table playing those tired old board games that bring no energy. Republican Company have shifted things up and turned your favorite TV shows and movies such as Friday, Coming to America, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and Martin in the trivia card games. They even got merchandise. Don't feel like paying rent this month and want to let your landlord know? No problem. You can get your Ain't Paying the Five t-shirt and dad hat along with other fly Martin themed gear at www.republicancompany.co. With that being said, go tell your mother, your father, your grandfather, your auntie, your first cousin, your second cousin, and least in them, the game nights are back. Go to republicancompany.co right now and change your game night. Welcome to Mind Over Matter. Alright, we're back with another episode of Mind Over Matter. Um, we got the sex expert in again, Michelle Hope. Hey. How you doing, Michelle? Blessed. We got my man Anthony in. Man, hey, from the I'm reality is, here, thank you for letting me be here again. No man. question, but love you always welcome a mind over matter. So you know, I brought Michelle in to speak about a hot topic, um, something that's been circulating in my mind, in my juices, that I'm trying to get a, a firm grasp on: um, polygamy, mm. open relationships. Mm. Um, is that is that taboo in the black community? Do only white people do that? Um, I think that most people don't have a really great grasp mm-hmm. of what it takes to be in a polyamorous relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of responsibility. And I think that when it comes to uh, people of color, and I, I don't want to speak for everybody, and I definitely don't want to speak for all people of all different colors, but it's not for everybody, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, people can get hurt. Um, if you're not doing it safely, people can get hurt physically, not just emotionally and mentally. Um, but people of color, black people often engage in polyamorous relationships. They're just Without not. Knowing. Yeah. yeah, they just don't know it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And that's kind of I mean, polyamory in itself um, is is rooted in the idea of many poly meaning more than one. It's yeah. not a monogamous relationship. It would be with more than one person. But it takes a lot of work. Uh, it's not necessarily something that we see historically in communities of color. However, uh, when you think about kind of the notions we have, like it takes a village to raise a child yeah. or what we were subjected to during slavery, mm-hmm. I mean, there is some root to polyamory. Yeah. Um, but I think that people have to really be ready for it and have to understand, like, shit is not a game. Yeah. And it takes a very responsible, very honest yeah. person, um, an open person, and someone that has, you know, a high level of communication skills. Yeah, see, that was my problem. See, I was dating this woman, and she brought the idea to me, and I'm just like, I never even considered doing an open relationship because that's like me being single. Pretty, Pretty much. much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And she was just like, oh, I got to know who you fucking and when y'all fucking and where y'all fucking. they won't control. Like, That's too much for me. Yeah. I, I'm not going to. I might as well just stay committed stay, to you. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to do all that, uh, I'd rather be out here just, just slinging dick. Conversation you know? with somebody. Yeah. That's true, bro. Like, how can how, That's not. Is that an open relationship? If I'm letting you know, like, who I'm fucking, where I'm fucking, what time I'm. Like, that's, that's a relationship. That's not really. I mean, that's a committed relationship. That's not an open relationship. Well, I think that, you know, you could call it polyamory or you could call it a situationship. I mean, let's be very clear about what polyamory is and let's pay respect to those people who work very, very diligently to Mm -hmm. make it work because it's a lot. Like, first of all, I can only speak for myself. I'm a whole lot of woman. (laughs) 
right? And, and I require a whole lot of a time and t- attention. You know, and I don't just mean that in the bedroom. Yeah. I mean that I need you to support me on my career endeavors and Emotions. I need you to be asking me how I'm doing. And as a, a queer woman of color in the United States, well, shit is not easy. Nah. Uh, so to be able to, you know, manage your own job, manage your own emotions, mm-hmm. manage your own traumas from relationship. And then on top of that, manage all my shit and the next girls. Yeah. I mean, or guys, whatever the case may be yeah. like, that's a lot. And and you might be unemployed because that seems like a lot of work. Yeah. No bullshit. You, said, you said queer woman of color. Mm-hmm. So no man. No, let's let, again, let's be. I, that's, well, that's why I want you to yeah. explain because a lot of people misconstrue you right. know, these terms and things. Right. So um, the idea of identifying as queer is as unique to me as it is every other person that identifies as queer. Yeah. So there may be somebody out there that identifies as queer, but only dates men or and maybe a man that only dates men and they could say they're gay. Yeah. But a queer is like a very umbrella kind of term okay. used uh, in the LGBTQ. AI community uh, and <laughs> I personally choose to uh, identify as queer because one it's really not any of your fucking business what true. I'm doing in my bedroom yeah. right That's so true. if I say queer it kind of keeps people guessing yeah. and then if they want to like dig a little deeper they might ask yeah. and then I might just shut it down because I'm a very open person you can ask me anything okay. but I have the right to not tell you true. everything Right. It's up to me to give you consent to know about what I have going on. And if we're not in some type of relationship where we're having sex, uh, it's it's it really is not your business, not your business. But, you know, again, I identify as queer, as, um, you know, when it comes to my preferred gender pronouns, that's like, you know, is it a she? Is it a he? I usually go with them. They. Yeah. Because. Gender is a social construct, Mm. right? And it's a social construct, uh, to some extent, developed to oppress. And I was about to ask you, why do you think social? Because so many, that's what we're, I think, bucking against today. And I think that's why this it's a revolutionized era right now, Mm -hmm. because we're bucking against everything. Women's rights, men's rights, feminist movements, all of this. So, bro, Everything has um, been challenged. Yeah, and it's like I, it's <laughs> confusing because we were built on social constructs. So yep. now we're debating things that we don't even know that we're actually for, or we may have a friend who may be like that. And it's like we're still battling these things because our minds are telling us this is wrong, and it's really not necessarily wrong. We've just been raised on it being wrong. Well, and that is the mastermind of the master. Yeah. Right. The idea that we can enslave people. Uh, intellectually yeah. and psychologically yeah. and mentally through social constructs. Yeah. And and I love the Lord. But, you know, in communities of color, the church has done an amazing job of really kind of, you know, uh, reiterating mm-hmm. these structures of oppression. Yep. And and it, um, it I mean, it just um, it really amazes me when you think about I love the Lord, but people use their religion to oppress, to discriminate, to spread hate. Scare tactics. And I don't know what God y'all is going for, but my God, well, she loves all. Yeah. And if I am to believe I was made in the image, well, she is a bad bee. Yeah. So would you you consider yourself more spiritual than religious? I think that, uh, yes, because I think that religion is an artistic expression of one's faith. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Religion is ritualistic, which, again, like if you really want me to break down Christianity is, you know, a monotheistic faith. But we got the father, the son and the Holy Ghost, which that is then poly. It's not it's not one God. It's down. Poly. So please don't try to dupe me with the rhetoric. Okay, And I know that, again, I love. the Lord. I love the ble- many blessings. I'm blessed and highly favored, but heavy is the head. The word, yeah. And you know, the cross that I was delivered to bear is this one, helping communities of color unpack sexuality and unpack what it means to us in a really kind of space of color, I guess. What is sexuality and color? Like, it's a beautiful thing. And I always say it, you've probably heard me say it before, from the womb to the tomb, 
sexuality is a part of your life. Yep. So mm-hmm. let's not be afraid to talk about it, whether we're talking about it in the context of polyamory or other spaces of kink that, believe it or not, in the realm of sexuality, there's a lot of racism there, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Uh, and, and going back to polyamory, polyamory doesn't mean orgies every night. Right. So in, in the idea of polyamory, we have to remove the act of sex and you have to start looking at the relationship. Similarly, you know, when it comes to homosexuality, I do a lot of classes on like kink and um, desire, fantasy, sex play. And people always ask me, well, you know, if, if I like a little booty play, you know, <laughs> you must be sweet in the tank. And it's like, no, anything that a heterosexual couple does in the bedroom is heterosexual. Why do we think that though? Like a lot of dudes don't like butt play. I didn't, you know, I'm, 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 I'd never had that happen until I was about, I forgot how old I was, but when it happened, I was like, I was nervous because as a man, you like, do I, do I, do I, you be like, do I lay on my back? Am I on my knees? Like, I'm on fours. Like, on fours. Yeah, like, and you know, when it initially happened, I was like, oh, whoa, 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 it ain't that bad. Girl, it's a booty hole. Yeah, just don't stick hole. your finger in it. Right. I'm fine with everything else, but you, yeah. Right. And for those who like a finger in their booty, I am yeah, mad at I'm you. A, yeah, that's on Anatomically, you. for men, uh, the best way to reach the prostate is through the rectum, right? I heard it's a good... And yeah. there are a lot of nerve endings, um, you know, <laughs> it, it, like the, the prostate kind of, it looks like a donut, but it kind of is like, imagine a golf ball with all the little divots in it. Yeah. Those are all nerves. Yeah. So... It, and they're not touched nice. very often. Nah. So when they are stimulated, Explosion. It, 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 yes, it becomes a, a very <laughs> intense orgasm yeah. and it can become very erotic for men. But I think, again, this idea of these social constructs, well, if you're doing anything in the booty, use a gay. But you no, know what? You're not. And, and when, I've heard women say that a lot too, where they be like, when they have anal sex, they uh-huh. feel drunk afterwards because, and maybe it's from that. We don't have a prostate. <laughs> But uh, well, can, not a prostate, but I'm you really know, lost. They say like right a, it can it can be very it can be it's really a thirty over conversation. It gotta be. It's a grown folk <laughs> yeah. thing because as you get older, um, your sexual inhibitions you know lower. It changes, bro. But it you gotta be, come with trust. Like yeah, I've only it's only been with one woman that I did it with, and it was like I literally trusted her. You I have mean, to trust the person. Be like, yeah, it does. I'm not comfortable with doing anal. Yeah, because it's just like I f- I'm sensitive, so I feel like I'm gonna hurt her. Yeah, you yeah, know probably what I'm will. Yeah. Like if I it like to, I like to go full throttle. I'm yeah. not. You, know, you like, don't want to full throttle. Yeah, you got you got to like be sensitive. You got to you know warm it up. Yeah. You got to lube it up. Yeah, because the coconut pain, oil and shit on the whoa, 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 whoa. We're not gonna do no coconut oil. And oh, well, that's what I've been watch. told. I'm sorry. On my watch. No, and here's why. So what would you suggest? Well, first and first and foremost, let's everybody remember the rectum or anus is not self lubricating like a vagina. Okay, so that's one. Uh, always water-based lubes because you need to be using condoms. Yeah. Listen, I know black people are like, I ain't using no condoms. Yeah. Listen, we are disproportionately representing higher rates of HIV uh, and yeah. STIs. Now, when it comes to anal sex, the reason it is uh, more risky to do anal um, when it comes to STIs is is really rooted in the idea that it's not self-lubricating. The actual tissue in the rectum tears a lot easier. Yeah. And when you think about, you know, your old biology class and like osmosis, yeah. the rectum is like set up for that osmosis to take, take in yeah. um, like bacteria yeah. and or STIs. So you definitely want to use a condom. And also... You gonna have some shit on your toys or I'm your saying. dick if you're doing have no, butt play. No, no feces on my. It. I've never you know done anal, so I mean, I've you never done pieces of shit on your it. dick. Yeah. You might not see it, That's but the, truffle the bacteria. Butter. It's the truffle butter, man. <laughs> it is. It is. And you would never want to go anal to vaginal, never, because that's just an infection waiting to happen. Yeah, you gotta that's go BV. In the shower, right? You gotta clean, yeah. clean yourself off. Use soap and At water. Least that's what I was told. No, that's to true. Do. That's what you're supposed to do. That's You just can't wipe it off and keep going. No, you try anal to. Take a shower, and don't trust, don't trust them before, before you. I know porn is a lie. Yeah, they vagina. jump clipping them videos. There's totally. clips. You can't like a lot of people watch porn and be like, oh, they did it. No, brother. Yeah, they take shower. Mouth. Watch yeah, it. No, shots. It's not. You gotta watch a, a documentary. Yeah. I forgot the name of it on Netflix, but they talk to so many of those porn stars on the back end, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's so much more to it. And people yeah. just see it and be thinking it's real, yeah. and it's like, nah, they are acrobats in their field. Right, and and the thing is, is that when it comes to porn, like a seven minute clip that you might watch is probably 10 hours. Yeah. So, since we're talking about porn. I like 30-minute clips. We'll go ahead. Great. Me too. That was probably uh, a two- or three-day shoot. But yeah, here's was. the deal. Yeah. Stop watching free porn. Mm-hmm. And here's why. 
if you're watching free porn, somebody is being exploited to produce that porn. And women of color, black women especially, are the lowest paid in the porn industry, right? So you really have to become, as a society, we need to become a little bit more conscious of the kind of porn we're watching. A, A really great site, Cindy Gallup created Make Love Not Porn. It is not a free site. That was part of the Netflix thing. I know, yeah. Yeah, it's and it's I where real couples can um, show their lovemaking experiences or their sex experiences. Mm-hmm. Somebody once told me, so it's amateur porn? I was like, That'd be the best porn sometimes. Some, yeah, and sometimes that amateur porn is much more ethical. it's more real. And it's ethical, right? Oh, so yeah. thinking about ethical That's porn. True. When we watch- What's ethical? Yeah, explain what so, ethical porn is. Well, first of all, you think about a lot of the porn we watch. It's very denigrating to women. It's That's violent. True. Yeah. Uh, there's never consent discussed. For real? Because we like storylines. We don't yeah. but, think about that. But, like. but similarly, even in television, you know, Insecure got a huge backlash because they were like, why aren't y'all showing condoms? Condom usage, yeah. yeah. Think about what is the ethics behind uh, young, most girls that get into porn get in very young. Mm-hmm. You got about a two to four year stint in porn and then you're done. And your back is literally blown out. But is porn really enjoyable with condoms? I don't want to watch a porno with Well, I think we have to change the the notion because when we continue to pump porn with no condoms is not sexy, we continue to reiterate that that sex sex is not not sexy with condoms. And and sex can be sexy with condoms. That's true. You know? Uh, I I teach across the lifespan, and I most recently have been working with young people up in Harlem, and one of my last workshops was around how do you make uh, condoms use sexy, and how do you negotiate condom use uh, with your partner? And I had, so I would give them, I, I gave them like two minutes, come up with all the reasons why people don't use wear porn, con- yeah. oh. I, or don't uh, wear condoms, and then uh, I said, okay, now you got to come up with a rebuttal. Right. My favorite came from a young man who said uh, if a girl came to him and was like, no, condoms be making my pussy itch. His rebuttal was better you itching than me. So we either going to use it or not. Yeah. And 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 That's we laughed and it was they came up with some <laughs> really good ones, yeah. you know. Um, hey, that's a good one. Because that's the thing. I like me personally. Like I've obviously had sex with a condom without a condom, not frequently, but it happens. Yeah. And but when I have had sex without a condom, it's been with somebody that I was committed with. Not saying that's you know still, the right. Yeah. You weren't with him last night, right? <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't have a problem. I'm saying this to say, like, I don't have a problem with telling people to use a condom. Yeah. Like, I'm really open with just like, oh, when's the last time you've been tested? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, we need yeah. a condom. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, I've been lucky enough to have guys who use condoms yeah. without making it a huge like deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. I've never understood, like, I don't understand, like, personally the stigma with using a condom. Like, yeah. and I want to know, like, from somebody else who doesn't use them, like, yeah. what makes you not use It feels it? so good getting your dick wet. I've had some really good condom sex. Yeah. Maybe that's why so I'm just like, oh, uh-huh. I don't mind using it because yeah. I've... A little extra lube goes a long way. So saying. when you put that, when you're going to use a condom, have a little lube <laughs> that, you know, uh... And you put it inside the condom yes. before you put the condom on, so then it's I wetter. I didn't know that inside the condom. So you don't rub it on before you put the condom. No, what you again? That's this is here are the steps. Part. This exactly. is the, that's it, why we here. It, this is the steps. First, I always say this: get consent. Consent is sexy. Consent is key. Consent is fluid. Then, always check the date. Don't be running around here with no two-year-old expired condom because what happens is the latex starts to kind of disintegrate, all right? (laughs) Then you want to, you know, check for air bubbles. Every condom package has some air bubbles. Mm -hmm. Then you open it. You know, hopefully you got some lube, right? And then coconut oil, water-based. Okay. Any oils can, again, compromise the latex and and make that latex more likely to break because a condom is just a... A thin sheath of latex. That's all it is. So, all right, you've gotten consent once. You got the condom. You check the date. You check the um, air bubbles. Then you want to open it. You pinch the tip. Now, if you've got lube on you, 
um, you just put a little inside yeah. the condom. And pinching the tip is so important. Pilar is like, my dick's too big. I'd be breaking them. <laughs> no, you probably didn't pinch the tip. Yeah. Because ejaculate comes out of the body so quickly. Yeah. That if there's an air bubble in there, that ejaculate will hit that air bubble and just burst the, it's kind of like a balloon, right? Gotta get you to Dallas. So then, so now you pinch the tip, you roll it all the way down to the The base base of the shaft. Okay? The base. And then what I always tell people to do, get consent one more time time shit these days you want to end up like harvey now it's not even i mean not only that you don't want somebody to experience something traumatic and and, because you don't know what other people's sexual history is and when you think about the sheer numbers of individuals who've been sexually assaulted you somebody got some trauma somewhere so get consent again and then have a great time but throughout sex you can get people like what do you mean get consent again that doesn't seem sexy oh but it can be Man. If you like, oh, baby girl, you ready for daddy's D? That's what I say. You got just got to say I mean, it like it's, that. It's, it, you can make it fun. Ooh, what what position do you want to try first? Yeah. That's getting that. consent. Because yeah. then you're me, right? giving them the opportunity to say what they want. Yeah. Sex is better. And you make it, like you say, you don't know the trauma. So you make it more comfortable, too, because you might be in a situation where the girl might not feel comfortable. Like, she True. might be having sex with you, but mm-hmm. she can't really, like, be free be because free, it's yeah. like you're not making the situation, like, Conducive comfortable. For her, yeah. Right. Yeah, I do agree with, like, just keep, you know... Keep asking. asking. I like, like this. Yeah. Do you like this? Right. Do you not like this? And if somebody is silent when you're having sex... That's wild. But I don't here's want the, Well, here, but here, if you are are experiencing silent sex, you need to check in because the literature shows us, the science shows us that individuals who experience sexual assault as children oftentimes freeze. And that's I had that before. Like, okay, you know, I did the episode a couple weeks ago with Coco. On yeah, right, right. Like, I that was when I was yeah. having sex with her. I used to have sex with her, and I'd be looking at her, and she was withdrawn, and I'm like, I would stop in the middle and be like. Like, are you okay? Like, what's happening? And she she wasn't comfortable at that time to tell me that right. she had been raped and uh, sexually abused. But it literally, it ended our relationship. Like, we went to counseling. She would never come out about it. Mm. But now we're cool after the fact. And she was like, it wasn't you. It was just what I was going through. I was PTSD. like, I needed that because I felt like, I was like, I feel like I'm raping you. I literally told yeah, her that. But that's, it's a PTSD. It's, yeah. it's when, if you've experienced sexual assault as a child uh, and you don't have the power to speak up, you don't have the power to physically like get out of the situation. Oftentimes people just freeze yeah. and psychologically they go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really about, you know, it's communication and I, I'll take it back to the polyamory. Similarly, relationships, you have to have communication yeah. and you have to have consent. So if you're thinking about polyamory and I always say you have to have a contingency plan because it can get dicey, you know, whether it's, uh, having a polyamorous relationship or you're trying to invite people into the bedroom, it can get dicey. So what's the exit strategy and what are you willing to compromise in the relationship? And I think that both parties really need to know where their lines in the sand are. I think it's harder for men to, to kind of formulate a plan like that because it's just like, we've never been drawn to having an extra strategy. (laughs) We have multiple women and we don't know how to, get rid of the extra woman so we can just be with one woman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, Y'all want your cake and eating it too. And there's nothing wrong with that. If, if if it's in the right predicament. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I also most think, of the time it's not. I also think that sometimes... Um, so we need help with trying to of course. draw that. Yeah. But I think that you have to take it all the way back, right? So again, we, we started this before we kind of came on. We were talking about who's teaching our community about sex. Exactly. And, um, you know, unfortunately it's people oftentimes that don't look like us Mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily understand the lack of communication and the skill set that men of color are often not given when it comes to communicating feelings and emotions, right? We oftentimes turn our young boys into men very quickly. I've been saying that. When you think about, I think the number, and I might be slightly off, 1.1 million fathers of color incarcerated right now who are 
teaching these young men what it means to be men. Television, rappers. And I think in the last five years, we've seen rappers kind of start stepping up being in spaces to show being a father and being mm-hmm. a better lover and being this, that, and the other. But for so long, we've been concerned with just keeping our young men alive. Yeah. We didn't have time to teach them what emotion yeah. was. What emo- yeah. We was trying to teach them. Talking about that. Yeah. Or how to treat a woman. Or <laughs> right, yeah. right. And yeah. then yeah. I think on the flip side of that, to some extent, I think women of color, our minds have become warped and we have begun to um, take on toxic masculine attributes in our relationships. Uh, And and it's scary. And I I, uh, sometimes think, and I can only speak for myself uh, and my own experiences, I sometimes think that this toxic masculinity that women are picking up is from trauma. Is from shitty relationships. It's from just, being we just got hurt. To talk about that. Yeah. And for whatever reason, black people don't go to therapy. Well, I'm in there. They leave it up to God. Oh, uh, and I love the Lord, but yeah. I believe somewhere I heard a phrase: uh, "God helps those who help themselves." And your God. When people talk about God, too, I think about it, it's like when people talk about God because I'm the same way like you. Like I don't really go to church anymore. I'm a more spiritual person, but I also think when people be like, "Have you prayed? Have you talked to God? God is in you. He's your God power." Like, people are waiting for somebody to say, don't do this. They're waiting for the genie in the bottle yeah, to, to pop say, out. But it's like, when you pray or when you're talking to yourself, it's you're telling yourself that. Like, if you're in a relationship and you're like, uh, I, I wish I knew what I needed to do. Yeah. Well, if you in, in your gut, you feel like this is best for you to probably leave, then that's, that's what the fuck God is telling you. Yeah. Get the fuck out of it. You don't want to listen for you. Motherfuckers, be second, they be second-guessing themselves a lot. We sabotage people everything. people are scared. Man. Like, it's just... People are just scared to fully go through with decisions that they, they... It's like your gut is telling you to do something, your heart is telling you to we're do We're scared another. to be alone and we're scared to hurt people. FOBO. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fear of better options. Yeah. Fear of better options. I also think that, again, when it comes to being a person of color, things are different. Yeah. The way you move up your career ladder is different. True. You know, in again, in my experience, um, my limited experience in life... Um, you know, I've seen a trend where I've seen men of color uh, go to college, get a job, climb up that ladder, get that money, and women become an afterthought, which means the idea of building family becomes an afterthought. Whereas I have, uh, you know, kind of, and again, I can't speak for everybody, I've identified a trend where I see Caucasian men that get out of school, go to college, get a job and, and while they're climbing the ladder of success they find a mate yeah. and they do, climb together why do you think we struggle with that because a lot of a lot of african-american men they feel like i gotta hustle i gotta put the grind and i don't have time for that you know and women some women feel that way too oh, no, like, a lot of women i'm, I'm so busy putting in the work and and trying to create who i want to be i don't have time to Focus on a man right now. Think about what you just said, though. When you ask, why don't we do that? When you hear a lot of black people in the black community talk about that perfect couple, we don't ever say our aunts and uncles. We say the Cosby show. We say Barack and Michelle. Mm. Like, we don't really actually, like, we can't touch it. Yeah. We don't see it that often in the black that's community. That's the other thing. And that's, that's the issue. You know, that's, that's part, and that's what we was talking about. So many black men are locked up or they were never taught that. And we leave and it's like, who's raising them? And I wanted to go back to what you were saying at the beginning when you were talking about and during slavery, they were kind of taught like polyamory or polygamous relationships. And when you said that, the first thing that came to me was like the buck, the way they used to take the black man from the families and pass him around. And I told somebody that I told a black girl in Texas this and she didn't believe me. I was like, we believe in everything about DNA until it's something we don't like. And I said, you don't think it's in a black man's DNA to want all these women, not saying it's right to do what a lot of black men are doing. But when you take a black man in slavery out of the household, because you don't want that connection between the wife and the kids. And then you take them (laughs) all around the South to impregnate other women to try to recreate who you are. Your mindset, father, sons raised without their fathers, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The mothers don't get that love, and the, and, the, and the guy, the buck, who's thinking about the buck who's being passed around to sleep with all these women? He, They used to keep him in a cage like a dog, and when it was time to procreate, they let him out. Yeah, well, I, I think that one thing yeah. that we don't, a lot of people are not aware of, is there is new scientific literature out there that speaks to how trauma imprints on DNA. Yes. And how it can be passed down transgenerationally. Okay, and and then also what we have to keep in mind is is the hypersexualization of the black man in America, which we never talk about. And what we have done as a community, 
for many years is we have not only not had conversations about this, but we have just accepted it. Ignore it. And no, we didn't ignore it. We decided to put that coat on and wear it like a pimp. Yeah. Because, you know, to communities in the world, they look at the black man and they think about that man, Dingo, and how he going to dick us down. Yes. That is the hypersexualization. Mm-hmm. of men of color. And it goes back to this idea that they were studs, that they were um, sex objects to procreate or make a new slave or make a pretty baby mm-hmm. or or even to, um, in some spaces, to, you know, white men are obsessed with black penis. Think about the gun. I was what just, does a gun look like? Yes. It yeah. looks like a penis. It's so crazy. A black I even penis. And then, hold on. Let me really Rapid take you five. to school. Take Let me, me take you to school. Take me, Queen. And what does a gun do? It takes lives. Yeah. When it ejaculates, it yeah. that bullet comes out and it can take a life. Mm-hmm. Now, if black men were not locked up, but were using their actual penises, they can create life. life yeah. Which could compromise the power dynamic of the white man. It's good. And by the way, if you really want to know more about that, you should read the ISIS Papers. It's a really, really, really good book. ISIS Papers. Uh-huh. It's a really good book. Spelled like ISIS? I-S-I-S, okay. yes. Okay. Dr. Francis Crest Welsing, I believe. It's it's pretty militant. I read it when I was 16, which is super random. Are you coming out with a book? Because you got a lot of shit right now. A lot of wisdom. Like, yeah, I, I feel like, I'm telling you, if I had the bread, I'd be like, hey, I'm putting you on a tour in uh, Texas. Thanks. I um, need this. So as far as a book, um, I am, I guess, comfortable saying I did just finish my first book. Dope, dope, um, dope. It is probably not the book you guys would read. It is uh, um, A Girl's Guide to Sex Ed. Yeah. That's our working sure. title. And it's for like, what's interesting, though, is that it is for uh, a younger demographic, yeah. like middle-ish, early high school-ish. However, I was really focused on making sure, one, I'm giving it to you raw, I'm yeah. giving it to you real. And it kind of came out of this idea, like I have a lot of friends who have kids that are hitting that age. And they're like, what the fuck do I say to this kid? I don't know what to say to my child about this. And it's like, well, the hope is, is that, you know, you see the book and then you give the book to your child. But first, you know, even in my forward, it talks about, or not my forward, even in the introduction, it talks about, I need parents and adults to read the book before they give it it to to the child child because it's going to bring up things. And I, we have to be talking to our young people, our youth, our children about sex and sexuality. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm blessed to have a job. I'm blessed to have a nine to five. Um, but really, I'm not the expert of anybody's child. I might be an expert on sexuality. I might be able to give you a toolkit and the language. But you are that child's parents. And statistics show us, studies show us that between the ages of 8 and 13, young people want to talk to their parents about this. Yeah. So how about you get to them before they get to YouTube? And some of them people, and some of them parents, that's why I guess me and him were saying we would still read it because it's too because of the, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but like we don't really discuss that. It's a lot of parents that are on that kid level. It's it's just oh, like, yes, boom, no, yeah. they would. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. like a kid, like if a kid be like uh, in the eighth grade, but he got a third grade reading, right. you yeah, know, yeah. that's how a lot of black people are with sex. Like right. they're adults, but they don't know shit about nothing. They don't know what mm-hmm. they like, you know, in, in, the, in the black community, they're teaching us not to masturbate. That's crazy. is something that it's can like, be explored. Like it's it's never it's not it's a never, never too end. Late. it doesn't yeah. end it yeah. doesn't end at all tomb. yeah you're right it's it, it even even there are, there is you know out there some boys while in the womb actually masturbate I was just thinking that as you were saying it because I probably it, did that. it feels good you know little kids <laughs> yeah, masturbate yourself, yeah. feels good you've ever seen a baby stand over a f- uh, fire hydrant yeah. and like a little girl and she's just standing there like oh. And it's totally normal because at that age, they don't even recognize that as a sexual act. Yeah. To it them, just it good. just feels good, yeah. right? Yeah. So it, it's interesting. And again, I really appreciate the space that you guys are allowing me to continue to have these conversations. And hopefully, yeah. I'm inspiring discourse in yeah. other communities and amongst friends yeah. because we need to continue to have these conversations about polyamory, yeah. about a kink about fetishism, about all of these things that are sexual. So we need to come out of the closet. You know, we can't be living in the closet. And by that, I don't mean 
in a, a homosexual, homosexual space. I mean, yeah. it like we need to become more sexually liberated because if we do, we can then become less exploited. Can I ask a question? But this, oh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. What I was saying when I was saying that the um, you know, male sexuality is kind of ignored, I was speaking from the point, the standpoint of when when men are younger. So we're talking about young adolescents. Older women have always said, "Oh boy, when you when you get older, if I was if I was your age, or if you was my age, yeah. I'd do something terrible to you." But he getting told that at. 11, 12, 13 years old. And sometimes he's getting touched. Exactly. So you don't know how that's going to affect him. But when I say that gets ignored, it gets ignored because that's a man and a man is supposed to take that in. He's not supposed to feel no, any not. kind of way about that. But I'm saying like as far as society thinks. That's how they think it's supposed to be okay. Right. But this it's is a, how he changed that. So he yeah. can take that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's why I'm saying when it gets ignored. Yeah, that's how it was like when I, I, I talk all the time on my podcast about the time that I was sexually harassed in my job. Now it took me a while to report it because I was like I'm saying like a bitch saying this because right, it was an attractive right. man, a woman. It was a boss. She was my boss, and she used to all, after five she flirting. It started with flirting and conversation, bringing food. Then it was compliments on certain things and touching, and it was like shit started feeling uncomfortable for me. Mm. So when I reported it, I got fucked up because the HR manager was cool with my mm. supervisor, so they kind of outed me. But it was like when I did the court case because I filed a lawsuit and I won. Mm. And when I went, her attorney was like, "Well, did she break it?" And it's like he treated me like I wasn't shit. Like yeah. a man is supposed to just if a woman offer you pussy you take it take that shit yeah but i think the way we have to start thinking about this is if it was if the roles were reversed i'd be under the jail would it be okay and we have to start pushing not Mm -hmm. only ourselves but our community our friends our neighbors to think outside the box and i because i don't want any more young black boys to be sexually exploited because yeah. when they are, you know, it leads to a higher likelihood of them sexually exploiting someone Somebody else. else yeah. mm-hmm. And we don't want that. You know, the statistics says approximately 1.4% of all men uh, will experience sexual assault. We know that that is an underreported number yeah. because people don't want to report it because they don't want to be seen as a sissy or yeah. a pussy or man, you fucked up. You could have got that pussy. Smash, yeah. Like is, is it worth it? Yeah. That's crazy. It's not. Um, and then also we really need to develop safe space and hold space for men who have been sexually exploited, yeah. sexually assaulted, sexually um, harassed. Yeah. And we need to create a space where they can say, yeah, this happened to me, but I don't want it to happen anymore. Yeah, and guess what? Me. I'm fed up with you people saying that I shouldn't say anything. I'm going to say, say something. something. Yeah. You know, it's it just I I can I'll just take it back and people can yell at me and hate me for this. But if we didn't start boycotting buses, will we have the same kind of rights? Exactly. It, it kicks. It's, it's a kickoff. You yeah. know, I think that with this Weinstein thing, you're seeing like an avalanche of people coming out because they have more courage now. And Somebody a, I want to ask you that, too. Uh-huh. Um, as far as that goes and. This is just me personally. I I feel like I have an issue with this, but if something happens to me, I'm not going to wait 30 to 40 years to come out about it. And that's just me personally. But what I'm saying now is that so many people are waiting a long amount of time to come out with accusations. Mm -hmm. And it's just like people change by that time sometimes, too. Well, not only that, people are not heard when they try to say it the first time. That's true. When you consider, and let's and I'm not trying look to be sensitive. Let's I'm not, taking a new vow. I'm trying uh, to be sensitive. That's great. You're <laughs> you're you're becoming enlightened. But let's take harassment out of it because that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. And let's talk about actual sexual assault. Um, you know, national studies show about nine of every one thousand rape cases actually make it to a district attorney's desk. What? Damn. So why is that a country statistic like yes, in the U.S.? Yes, that's crazy. Yes, damn. I think you could go to Rain, which is the um, rape and in, it's R A I I N dot org, and and you can find that. Um, it, it's and as somebody who's experienced sexual assault, I never told anybody. Yeah. And what's really fucked up about that is that if you don't tell tell anybody and you don't get the help. 
it will start to deteriorate your entire life and you will start to find yourself abusing yourself and exposing yourself to situations that you will be hurt again. It takes a lot of work. And if you don't think anybody's going to believe you or they're going to say some dumb shit like, well, what did you have on? How much did you have to drink? And for centuries, this has been the mindset. You know, oh, well, boys will be boys. You know, they're going to say what they're going to say. Well, well, why are we letting them say this shit? It's it, it really to me again, I think about. For a long time in the country, for a long time in this country, black, white, and it still happens, but uh, white people could do and say and whatever they wanted, you know? Look at people like Emmett Till. Yeah. You know, he was mm-hmm. he was brutally murdered because somebody said he whistled at a white woman when in actuality he had a stuttering issue. And if you know anything about speech pathology, they teach you sometimes to whistle before you speak mm-hmm. because it can help you from like yeah. stuttering I had a friend like that and he did and like his stuttering was to the point like he couldn't even be on this podcast but like you said it was certain little tricks like whistling and mm-hmm. other things that they mm-hmm. taught him it's almost kind of like if an actor goes in or a singer and they like la 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 they warm, warm, it's a warm up, warm up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's crazy man. so similarly to how we continue to fight against social injustice and racial injustice we have to do that in a space of sexuality and we have to do it for our community because we are dying in new york city black women are 12 times more likely to experience maternal mortality than white women and it's because we're not getting the care and that's because we don't always have the education to demand from our doctors what we want but if we just sit back and be like, oh, well, you know, and take everything I don't know. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. There was a recent study that came out talking about the NICU in California. The majority of uh, NICU babies, right, that's neonatal intensive care, are black and brown. Yet those families receive the least amount of services. Why? Because we're not having conversations yeah. like this. Right. Sexuality isn't about, you know, I did it for the D. Yeah. I did it for the P. It's about our identity. It's about our reproductive health. Yeah. It's about sensuality. It's about sexualization. It's about our culture, our religion. It is all of these things that make up sexuality. And if we don't have the knowledge, we don't have the power yeah. and we will continue to allow powers that be to dictate and control how we are living and how we are raising our families. Even to the extent if I hear another parent tell their child that they vagina is a cookie or a pocketbook, I'm going to just fall out. I I just had a conversation with one of my coworkers about that. Um, She has a son, but we were just talking about literally that conversation. It was like, oh, so like, what are you going to, when it's time to start just, saying like this is that this is that this yeah. is my ears this is my hands mm-hmm. whatever whatever she was like oh i think i'm just gonna uh tell them to call it um something crazy and like we were like why, why not just like, call it why what it won't is you just tell him what it is yeah. she's like well i don't think he's like mature enough to know but i'm like but that's what it is like yeah. it's a vagina it's a penis. penis. And like, if you why are you not gonna tell him what it is? You're gonna tell him it's a cookie? Like, a cookie or a lollipop? And we were talking about the breast uh-huh. and um she was like, Well, I'm gonna tell him that breasts are like apples or like oranges. So oh, I was like, no. if your child comes to me and was like, Ooh, oranges, yeah. that's confusing because you're telling him that the thing that we eat is an orange and then you're gonna tell him what's on your chest is yeah. an orange. But, but, yeah. So, yeah, and I'm like, I personally am gonna tell your child these are bright. Well, yeah. but like I don't understand why people do that. What is the problem? Well, I think that really what you really need to think about is if you're teaching your child that their penis is a lollipop, lollipop. and then Tell you know it, it, it but hold on. We living in a phone world. Everybody's busy, everybody's on the mm-hmm. go, and your 4-year-old comes home and is like somebody tried to touch my lollipop. Right. That's not going to register. Yeah. With you like, right. mommy, somebody tried to touch my penis. Yeah. Then all alarms go off. So we talked about what happens. Why is this happening? It's happening cuz we're not educating. You have to start. When is the right time to start these conversations before they can speak? Yeah. Mommy has to wipe your penis right now. Mommy has to clean your vagina right now. You're instilling body autonomy. That is your penis. That is your vagina. Mm -hmm. And mommy even needs to ask permission to clean it. 
That is how we avoid uh, our children being lured in by predators. Now, like, I wanted to go back to, like you were saying, how white men are obsessed with the black phallus. The thing about where does that, where do you think that comes from? And the reason I asked that is it's funny. I interviewed um, a sex educator out of Florida a while back. Mm-hmm. And I know at the end she was, she was married to a white guy, had kids. But at a point she was like, when we got divorced, I started dating black men because I wanted to know if that myth was true. And she's like, well, all men don't have, all black men don't have big penises. And I was like, well, we didn't ever say that shit. Y'all said that shit when y'all used to hang us up Hello? and cut the dick off because the motherfuckers was so big back then. And that's because we weren't diluted. It wasn't a white man or a, with a black woman or right. a black man with a white like we were 100 percent who we were so when you why do you think black uh, white men are so like i think it's rooted in slavery i think it's the same type of idea as venus noir yeah like that's just not and again not all black men have huge penises some white men have huge penises some asian men have huge Huge penises like uh, it it, may be a little random you know (laughs) it's it's not it's not set up in a way but i honestly think that it's rooted in slavery and power it really really is and when I when I say things like the white man is obsessed with the black penis, again, it comes from the literature I've read. Yeah, it comes from books like ISIS papers. When you think about even in D.C., the Washington Monument, it's a phallic symbol. Yeah. yeah. The penis is a symbol of power. Yeah. Mm. Right. I get penis envy all the time. Right, but it, it's one of those you things. Want one? Oh man, what, you sound what? like her. She'd be like, if I had one, I'd just be playing with it all the time. I'm I mean, like, you know, it'd be, uh, she like, it'd be big. So I'm like, you don't get to choose that, right? You don't you, know? you bust with that? <laughs> you gotta make it do what it yeah. do. And let's face it, it ain't the size of the ship. It's yeah. that motion in the ocean. Yeah. You know, but I think that it really. It, it, I think penises are power and I think that you know if your penis is bigger than my penis you know I somewhere have some insecure feelings that you're better than me or you have more power than me Um, so I I think that that is why it's probably not how women feel they feel submissive to a big penis it's a lot of women who do I have turned down big penis before like oh really baby arm where's that going (laughs) not in my holes yeah Man, yeah. women feel submissive. Have y'all watched the new? Uh, what are we watching? She's got to have it. Oh, well, you said you. I ain't seen so it. So it's a picture. It, I I've been told to watch it. I and I would love to hear. I would love to hear your expert opinion on it. Yeah. I saw the original. I, yes, yes, yes. So I have some some. A lot of people. I've been hearing that. What she was doing because I've seen the old movie. Like the yeah. idea of it was all the same. Yeah. But I have some issues with. Nola and how they changed her from yeah. the original. Original one. I felt like in the original movie, she was definitely more in control yeah. of herself. Like she was, she owned what, yeah. I, what she was doing. But Spike Lee said he wanted to expand I on felt it. Like yeah. In the show, they made her seem very like out of control. Yeah, and definitely. That's what I didn't like from the movie. Well, like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a man directing a woman's yeah. story. That's what I was about to say. Like, you gotta have uh, the right person directing with, it. I, that's just how I felt. Like yeah. I just felt like in the movie, and I went back to watch the movie again after I watched the show just to, just like, to see. see if I was tripping. And yeah. I was like, she was so in yeah, she was in power in the, in the movie and in the, the yeah. show. I just felt like she was out of control. Yeah, like, and it's dangerous to be that out of control yeah. when you're dealing with multiple partners and you're doing what is she is pansexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pansexuality. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I'm I'm out, but I mean that was really the one. I mean. Yeah. Sex is just a I, to sex is just a topic that I think in spaces like this, like you said, we need to discuss them. Um, I feel like shout out to to Naj for even bringing this because just talking about the podcasting game, it's we talked about it. it's so oversaturated mm-hmm. and everybody's trying to actually get on by being funny or whatever, and it's like we need this kind of conversation, mm-hmm. you know. So I just before I before you close it, I just want to say I applaud to you, man. Thanks for you coming out doing this, like because you need that honest, serious conversation. Because a lot of shit we just don't know. We don't have yeah. the education. We yeah. was never. It was never brought to us. Yeah. So we gotta seek it out. And you somehow. told not to talk about it. I'm, right. It's I'm taboo. trying to bring it. I'm trying to bring it. I really. I mean, I. I am focused on having more conversations like yeah. this. So I, I greatly appreciate you guys inviting me and giving me this platform. Yeah. And please keep up with me. Please, we will. you know, follow me. Also, something really cool I'm doing, I want to get this out. I am teaching free online adult sex ed classes that can be accessed. You yeah. don't have to download an app. You don't. It's o.school. Yeah. I do every Tuesday 
and every Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, last night, we did I Will, I Want, I Won't. Uh, it's a list of all the sexual acts you can do and how to make it fun with your friends and really get in tune to what your kink is and what kind of sexy things you're doing. And I'm covering everything. I'm covering ED, premature ejaculation, uh, porn. Yeah. We're going to talk about how to keep it sexy in the bedroom and long-term relationships. And it's really a way for you to privately, because you it's it's interactive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can type in a question and it'll pop it'll up pop and up. I can answer you right then and there. And it's from the privacy of your own home yeah. or even your cell phone. So anywhere you have any kind of internet connection, o.school. Please, please, please That's check what? me out. Um, it's, it's a super, super lit opportunity. And then you know, again, I'm I'm out here trying to do a bunch more stuff. So, you know, keep I'm, an eye I'm out. I'm looking to see how I can better utilize my tongue. So, yeah, Conalengas, cha cha cha. I want to get a picture. <laughs> <laughs> definitely ask some tongue questions on that. Please, we love it. <laughs> okay, we can, right. we can get that. But Michelle, thank you for coming on. Can you give all your social media yep. websites any more relevant information? Yeah. Uh, so again, you can find me. All social media is at mhsexpert. So Michelle Hope Sexpert. My website www.mhsexpert.com. And then you know you can regularly find me uh, at o dot school. And there's a ton of other pleasure professionals Mm -hmm. that are women of color, are people of color, and are kind of, you know, we would be considered sexual minorities. And we're here to teach and help you guys learn. There you have it. The sex part, Michelle Hope. Thank you for coming on, Queen. This is Mind Over Matter. We out. Yes, sir. You've been listening to Mind Over Matter. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Whoa, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of Purple, the mattress that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple Grid. It allows air to flow through, so you sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply.